0: Keeping it local all day, every day. Life beats. Life beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse ninety five. Yes, it's Pulse ninety five and Life beats with me, Sally Musa. Of course, the Sharjah International Book Fair has kicked off yesterday, uh, and I was down there, and I uh, met up with Okachukwu Ophili. He is the Nigerian writer who has produced the books. How intelligence kills. And how stupidity saved my life. He is, of course, one of the guests at the fair. And I uh, sat down to talk to him about uh, a lot of different things, including book publishing, including uh, the things that he talks about, that he's passionate about, turning failure into success. I started out the conversation, though, by asking him, why he started writing in the first place.
1: When I was in primary school, I wasn't really good in English. I struggled with English, actually, because English was made to feel like you had to follow these rules, you had to do this, you had to do that. So it was very rigid for me. So I ended up going to the University of Houston in in, um, the US. And for me, I saw sort of freedom with English. Um, I wasn't penalised for things that I was penalised for in uh, Nigerian. That sort of liberal approach to their English made me start writing and expressing myself um, more. And my real writing really started out of frustration because I I got my first job and I just would rant about what I was going through at work and I'll do You were an engineer? Yes. Yes. So
0: tell me about that. What kind of rants, what kind of frustrations?
1: Just the whole nine to five, you know, the whole politics of work and um, the, the difficulties. So I would just write to a group of friends and... I just thought that nobody cared about it. So I would do it like almost every week. And when I didn't do it, people were like, why, why haven't you posted your rant? So I found out that people really liked what I was doing. So I created a blog. um, I called it the And that's where I really started pouring out my heart. And then one day somebody came. I was like, wow, you have enough content to write a book. And I was like, you know.
0: What kind of things really got people's reaction going?
1: Um, I think it was the... Personal stories, because um, my nature is that I don't try and sugarcoat. I think that a, a lot of times people try and beat around the bush, but for me, I just told the truth. Um, and especially in a country like Nigeria, it's sort of very conservative. Um, I made fun of myself, which was the basis of how stupidity saved my life, and people could relate and connect with that. I wasn't trying to say I was perfect. You know, I, I laughed at what my mistakes, um, and I told people lessons. So I think people. Um, connected with our authenticity. And even when I go and I speak, um, people always come up to me and say that um, of all the speakers that came, you're the only one that comes and tells us that you suck
0: <laughs> in school and
1: like you struggle. Everybody else yeah. tries to create this bigger-than-life. Anyway, So I think that's what really connected with people because I think we also have a problem in Nigeria where if you have a problem, pray about it or all your solutions are in church or, or God and people just end up praying 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 but they don't really make the effort there's no to action, there's no action. Um, so I, I, I don't put all that you know I, I, I you have to work hard you have to you can't just not read for an exam and say I want to pass and for
0: the best and it's that's it
1: so exactly so that's really what um, started creating an audience for me uh, after someone said I could write the book okay let me see I took all the, the posts and I put it together and I saw that I had enough content for the book, I kept procrastinating and then I went to a conference and the guy was like, look set a date, whatever you have publish the book, so I set that date and whatever I had, I published the book and that's how my first book um, came about How Stupidity Saved My Life and the title, because I know that's what you're going to ask yeah. next again, based on what I said I didn't want to create that whole the 21 steps to become a leader, or 25 steps to become I wanted something that was authentic and People could, people would pick up the book and say, "I need to find out what this is about." So that's why, that that's why I wrote the titles the way they the way they are. And
0: something that you talk about as well is how to turn your failures into,
1: into successes. successes. Yes. What
0: do you mean by that? How do you do it?
1: I mean, it, it's the basis of my life.
0: Yeah. What's the who okay, cool style of doing it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what it means to me is that um, you shouldn't try and live this type of perfect life. And I think that's what causes a lot of um, difficulties with um, children and, and parents because they, they transfer that transgression into um, children. And so I'll give you an example. In primary one, I struggled with um, mathematics. I, I literally failed math because I had mixed my plus signs with my minus signs, right? And everybody was upset. But if there was a really good teacher there, he would have figured out that if we had flipped it back and instead of um, 5 plus 4, where I had written 9, um, where I had written 1, um, and it should have been 9, a good teacher would have been able to tell that I was switching my signs and messing, messing things up. In, in that sort of um, moment, it's kind of like, um, how do you ensure that you're not just putting people down and say, oh, you're stupid. You, may, you, you sort of look for, and, I, and I, whenever I talk, I always say that, each person is intelligent in a different way. You know, each person learns in a different way. Some um, till today, I, I forget people's birthdays, right? Doesn't mean I'm stupid. It just means that I forget birthdays. I, I struggle to remember things, but um, patterns, stuff that I learned in school, science um, things, theologies, theories. I can just connect them, right? So that's my strength. That's my learning style. But if you are like, look, you have to, Memorize, memorize. So, that's why I say you sort of have to make um, mistakes, um, but in, in th- those mistakes, which is just normal, you know, make mistakes, you, you, you learn from it, um, but don't get knocked out, like, and say, okay, I failed mathematics, I can do, I failed English, because that's what I thought, I thought I could never write English. So, that, that's really what I'm...
0: What was the turning point then? You know, because if, if you were feeling like, oh, I'm really failing and I'm not good at this. Was there a teacher? Was there someone who came and pointed out, well, actually, you're really good in this way and you learn differently?
1: It was, um, there was a time I got a really bad result. So I grew up with a very intelligent brother. He was older than me. So he was always coming first, 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 first. And was a sort of person that when he came second or third, the whole family were like, wow, what happened? Are you okay? (laughs) Why didn't you come first? But I was just like, in the middle. So, But there was one term that I got a really bad result yeah. um, and I was like, I was expecting my parents to at least be upset, but they were just like, you know, and, and for me, I still don't know why, but that really, it upset me. So
0: it was expected almost. Exactly.
1: It was like, if they had really shouted at, I probably would still be the same as but for me. that it, it was just like they had accepted it and I, I felt insulted. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, you know, I need to really try and start studying this thing called intelligence. And I had a maths teacher because I started first, I really started off with maths because I had a very um, good maths teacher. And his basic skill was like, everybody was intelligent. He wasn't the sort of teacher that was like, oh, these are my brilliant math students and everybody. He was like, everybody Was intelligent even after the point that I really became good at maths, and I was like, "Why are you wasting your time with this?" But he would always believe that every single, and that 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 is really the the turning point in my life because I had that wake up call, and I had that teacher that sort of believed in me, and I can remember the day that I got I finally got equations like where I finally got 5x minus 2x. And those word questions where they say you have five oranges and someone has two oranges and you subtract. I finally, I remember the moment that I got it, and It was because of people like that that really pushed me. Everybody is intelligent. You make your mistakes. You get up. Nobody's perfect. That's it.
0: Coming up next, Ophelia tells me which book means the most to him and why. And why a young black girl's hair is magical. That's all coming up next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Welcome back to Life Beats. And uh, I've been chatting with the one and only Ekechukwu Ofili. He's the Nigerian writer who wrote the books How Intelligence Kills and How Stupidity Saved My Life. Uh, and I asked him uh, earlier on what made him start writing in the first place. And here in this section, he tells me the most important book to him and why a young black girl's hair is magical. I love the fact that you've actually written a children's book as well. Yeah. So, uh, The Girl with the Magical Hair. Yes. And it is about a young black girl who chooses to wear her hair natural in a land where an evil queen makes everyone wear their hair in straight wings. Yes. This, there's so many questions about this. So where did you get the inspiration? Why did you want to write a children's book in the first place?
1: I think I wrote this book accidentally, like most of the books that I write. <laughs> but my frustration was when I when I moved back to Nigeria, I saw a lot of our women wearing weave and bleaching their skin to the point where they were burning their skin, burning their hair. And I started realizing that um, our children are growing up with this sort of believe that their skin is not beautiful enough, that their hair is not beautiful enough. And if you start breaking it down, you start realizing where the problem comes from. I grew up with this book called Snow White. And in Snow White, I think Snow White is mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all. Imagine a a child, a black child, you're growing up, and you're saying who's the most beautiful, or who's the fairest of them all, and that fairness was being equated with beauty. And you're dark you start thinking that you're not beautiful enough. And that, that is the essence. That's where this whole mindset, and then you, you grow up with um, foreign books, you see foreign programs, you don't see. So that really was the essence um, for me. I think of all the books that I've written, it's one of my most important books. And it really came about where I was thinking about Rapunzel. If Rapunzel was black, she would never have been able to let down her hair. That's right. Because it would always go up. So I was like, how can I take Rapunzel and flip it upside down? And that's literally what I did. I flipped it. Instead of a castle, I put her in a hole. Instead of let down your hair, I said let up your hair. And that's how the whole story just started coming and coming and coming. And I wrote the first 75% of the book in like one go. And then the remaining 25%, I struggled a little bit with the ending. But it really just came naturally and I've been struggling to write my second book because I want to do like a a snow white flip like I did with Rapunzel but I've just not got that inspiration I got from the last time.
0: That's amazing I can't wait for that second (laughs) book to come out but this is one of the the wonderful things about great books that they are representative and they give you a whole because obviously I'm not black but just reading that and understanding that and, and feeling that suddenly i'm in the mind of somebody and understanding you know their difficulties and their pain and and uh, uh, you know the struggle to be represented and seeing yourself in books yes in media
1: in media exactly i mean you see what the whole black panther oh, craze wow. is, is creating the whole um the rich asian um yes, sorry yes, you know, amazing it, it gives you that You walk with a certain level of, um, a certain difference. And when you see yourself, you feel you can aspire to those um, type of things. So, yeah, it's very important.
0: Especially for kids.
1: Yes. Because that's the most, you know, that's the point where people are the most malleable. That's where they're molded. Um, It gets to a point where at 10, 11, 12 years old, there's really nothing much you can do because it's already... There's
0: actually a supermodel. She's like 10 years old in New York, but she's 10 and she's black and she wears her hair natural And she did this, she did this one video on Instagram where she's like, and now I'm going to show you all how I straighten my hair. And she literally chucked the straightener in the rubbish bin. It's
1: beautiful. It
0: just was like, and she's 10. And you know, other girls are looking at her, other black girls and people like me who are looking at it going, yes
1: that's it That's at it. such a young age I'm sure she will start influencing people and they grow and yeah. growing grow. so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think um, Sana Leighton she did this book this um, Netflix Napif- Napoli Ever After yes you know it was the whole place so I think it's now more and more yeah. um, coming and we're just we're hoping I mean it's one little book And we're hoping it would influence more and more people. need to buy this book.
0: So that brings me to to my final point about, you know, publishing and representation, because you created Okada Books for this very purpose. Tell us a bit more about that.
1: So for me, what I noticed is that publishing in Nigeria had become a luxury, meaning that only the rich could publish the book and write the books, because the cost of production, printing, editing, book up it was so exorbitant, it would run into 5,000 US dollars, and for our um, per capita income, that it was it's like people spending their income like seventy-five percent. So it, people just weren't publishing it's books. Yes. So with Okada Books, we said, how can we democratize publishing and allow everybody that has a story to tell, tell their story? So what we do is we facilitate publishing. We help take an author's story, connect them with a affordable editor, connect them with an affordable graphic designer. Then you put it on our platform and instantly without you doing anything, running left, right and center, we put your we make your book available anywhere in the world with people for anyone that has a mobile device. So for us we're just helping tell the stories and we've gotten amazing um, stories. I mean we're not doing Amazon style numbers but we have a guy that lives in the northern part of Nigeria he sells fruits on the side of the road he writes romance novels in his local Hausa language and he has sold 4,000 copies of his books granted he's selling them for about a dollar but that's still um, good income so that is what Okada um, Books is doing and you know, we, we just really want to get our stories need to be told um, We need more Afro the girl with the magical hair told yes. by more people such that it, it reaches a tipping point Where we just have a saturation of our stories And, and, it, and
0: the, I mean because a lot of people know Amazon everybody knows Amazon yeah. so that is one outlet So what makes yours different to say Amazon then?
1: I mean the key thing with us is that we're localized um, we focus on the local market. we get what Nigerians want to read. We get the payouts, the accounts, everything is. So we have that um, local angle where we can go to Kenya and it, there's something when somebody gets the culture of what they're selling, Um, And you
0: also publish in local languages too. Exactly. That's a big deal.
1: Yes, because the Musa Ajayi guy I talked about, he actually went to Amazon first, but they rejected the the book because it was written in a local language they weren't familiar with. So we're helping give those people voices to tell their stories.
0: Absolutely amazing. That is Okechiku Ophili, uh, author, Nigerian author, who is at the Sharjah International Book Fair as part of a huge lineup of incredible writers, thinkers, chefs, personalities, you name it, international, local, from all over the world in many different languages, not just English, not just Arabic, uh, but other languages as well. This is, uh, in fact, the biggest edition ever of the Sharjah International Book Fair. It's already the third largest book fair in the world. You've got 1.6 million titles, 80,000 of these are new, 80,000 new titles on offer at the moment and of course uh, the familiar ones are there too for you uh it is a total of 20 million books up for grabs um and uh, it is of course uh, running for 11 days from yesterday october 31st to november the 10th you have to get down there there is so much to see so much to do and so much to listen to just uh, running through uh, a couple of the things that are happening today Um, You've got Dubai Abulhul. She's going to be talking about the importance of highlighting and reviving our culture to the youth through literature. That is happening from 6 p.m. tonight. Um, As well as that, this one really stands out for me, and uh, we mentioned this earlier in the week. Um, His Excellency Omar Saif Gubash, the ambassador of the UAE to France. He is going to be uh, at the book fair from 8.30 p.m. tonight talking about his book letters to a young muslim he's going to be discussing that which is incredibly exciting if you have not read this book if you have not seen this book if you haven't got it yet you have to get it and i suggest heading down to the book fair tonight to do that otherwise he will be there as well on saturday at al-rawi restaurant also signing books there uh, and you can listen to him there also incredible lineup. Uh, There is so much going on. You need to get to the website. You need to see what is going on. It is incredibly exciting and I definitely will be down there. This is Life Beats on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's Pulse 95.